Our team just returned from Senegal, Africa, where we were serving with our ministry partners, Shad and Amy Wilkerson, among the Wolof people. The Wolof people are Muslim, and so our prayer was that we could be used by God to shine some light in that darkness by showing the love of Christ in our service. Shad Wilkerson is a veterinarian, and so what some of our team did each day was work with Shad in an animal clinic where he treated some of the livestock of the villagers. Some of us uh, did an eye clinic, and so throughout the week we did eye exams, we gave out medications, treated infections, and gave out glasses to help the villagers. In fact, uh, in one week, in five days, we did 559 eye exams. We also would go through the village and try to interact with individual villagers and share conversations with them and share our testimony of what Christ had done in our lives. And then at the end of the day, we would all gather together and we would have some VBS things. We did some games and we did um, Bible stories and skits with the children of the village while the villagers looked on. And the village chief spoke to us. He was very gracious and he told us uh, how thankful he was that we were there and, and how uh, much he appreciated us being there. He said, every second that you've been here, we've closely watched you to see if what you were doing was authentic, to see if it was genuine. And he said, after observing you these days, we know that the love that you showed was real. He said, we see you as our brothers, as our family, and this village is open anytime, and you are welcome anytime in our village. And it's gonna be really exciting as we move forward in this relationship with the Wolof people and with Shad and Amy Wilkerson to see what God will enact and what God will do in shining the light of Christ into that dark world that they live in. John chapter 13 and verse 35 says, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love one to another. Thank you, Dr. Miss Levick, for that great report. Good morning, Grace family. Good morning. Open your Bibles with me this morning to the book of Acts, chapter number 8. Acts, chapter number 8. We're going to begin reading in verse number 1 today of Acts, chapter number 8. And as you're turning there, my name is Kevin Cottrell. I am the senior associate pastor and missions pastor here at Grace. And if you know me at all, you know I have the honor of leading Grace Go. And I want to say thank you for praying. Thank you for so faithfully giving to Grace Go. Our Grace Go partners are faithfully serving the Lord in East Tennessee, North America, and all around the world. And as you saw in this video, recently I had the honor of leading a team to Senegal, Africa, to engage the Wolof people group. And let me tell you, I was so proud of our Grace Go team. They did an incredible job of loving these people and honoring God through their service. They shared the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ, and as I watched them engage the Wolof people group, what I saw were mature servants of Christ honoring God with their lives. And friends, that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. We're going to be taking a look at the life of a man that had the heart of a mature servant of Christ. That man's name is Philip. Well, Grace family, won't you stand with me this morning and let's honor the reading of God's word. We're going to pick up in Acts chapter number 8, verse number 1, right after the, the death of Stephen here. It says, when Saul was consenting to Stephen's death, and at that time a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. 
And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made a great lamentation over him. But as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes of one accord heeded things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And I love this in verse number eight. And there was great joy in that city. Now, Grace family, look ahead of me to verse number 26. It says, now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah, and he said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. And the place in scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who would declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself? or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached to him. Now as he went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, here is some water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your hearts, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called Philip away, and so the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found in Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Samaria. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, what an honor it is to be in your house today, to, to worship you in spirit and in truth. And God, what an honor it is to be able to have the freedom to study your word. God, I thank you for people like Philip in Scripture, people we can learn from. God, give us wisdom today, teach us today, and show us how to apply it to our lives. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, thank you, Grace family. Please be seated. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. Well, friends, as we begin this morning, let's back up and get a little context. You know, you remember the life of Philip. We first meet Philip in Acts chapter number six in a time of crisis in the church. You remember the New Testament church was growing very fast and the apostles were doing their very best to keep their arms around the ministry, but it just became too much for them. So they decided they would pick some faithful men who could help serve the widows in the church. So they were looking for seven men of good reputation who were filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with wisdom and one of the men they chose was a man by the name of Philip. And in the life of Philip, what we see are characteristics of a mature servant's heart. For example, the first characteristic I see here in the life of Philip is a, a true mature servant of Christ is faithful wherever God sends them. 
faithful wherever God sends them. You know, you remember the New Testament church is growing very fast, and you remember in the prior chapters of Acts, the the Jewish religious leaders didn't like this at all. So they were trying to figure out ways to stop the spread of Christianity. They were trying to figure out ways to stop people from sharing their faith, and you remember Pastor Todd in Acts chapter number four. They have Peter and John arrested, and they tell Peter and John, you must stop speaking in the name of Jesus. You must stop teaching people about the name of Jesus. And I love what they said. They basically said, listen, you do with me whatever you want, but we just can't help speaking about what we've seen and what we've heard. Oh, I love that. Don't you love that? Friends, you you look at the life of Philip here, and the Bible tells us that that persecution had come to the people, and the, the people are escalating the situation. They have Stephen arrested, have Stephen killed, and then Saul of Tarsus is persecuting the believers persecuting the church of God. And this persecution caused the believers to be scattered into Judea all the way into Samaria. And friends, what I want you to see first of all in your notes here, when the people of God are scattered, they take the good news of Jesus Christ with them. You see, it wasn't God's plan for the believers to all stay in Jerusalem. No, it's always been God's plan for the good news, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to be taken all around the world. Jesus told us in the Great Commission in Matthew chapter number 28, Jesus said, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Therefore, go. Pastor Mike, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Then Jesus told us in Acts 1a, you will see power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you're gonna be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You see, friends, it's always been God's plan for the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ to be taken to every people group around the world. And friends, what we see here in Scripture today, whenever the people of God faced persecution, whenever the people of God had to flee from one location to another, they took the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. Just because their physical location changed did not mean their identities in Christ changed. No matter where they went, no matter where they lived, their identities in Christ were absolutely the same. Oh, friends, hear me today. (laughs) Hear me today. God loves us and he cares for us. And just because their location changed, it didn't matter because their identity in Christ was always the same. Wow. No matter what they faced, no matter where they went, they were new creations in Christ Jesus. The old had gone and the new has come. And what this persecution did is allowed the believers to take the good news of Jesus Christ to all new locations. And friends, that's exactly what we see in the life of Philip here. Because of this persecution, Philip goes to a city in Samaria. Now, you remember the Samaritans were part Jew and part Gentile that grew out of the Assyrian captivity of the 10 northern tribes. And Philip goes down to Samaria, and he preaches the gospel to them. He preaches the good news to them. And listen, people are being saved. Lives are being changed. People are being healed. People are being set free from demons. You know, even though Philip had to flee because of persecution, God was using it in a great way. God was working in the life and the ministry of Philip, so much so that great things were happening. 
You see, you studied the life of Philip, and without a doubt, Philip was faithful to serve the widows in Jerusalem. And then we see Philip is faithful as an evangelist in Samaria. You see, friends, you study the life of Philip, and without a doubt, mature servants of Christ are faithful wherever God sends them. I wrote it like this. As a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, my identity in Christ is certain, and my salvation is eternally secure. The question is, the question is, am I going to be faithful wherever the Lord sends me? Friends, we have a salvation that can never be taken away from us, a salvation that's eternally secure, but as believers in Christ, are we going to be faithful where God has placed us in this life? Now, friends, hear me today. I understand that we've been dealing with a pandemic. I understand COVID-19, and trust me, as a missions pastor, I understand the travel restrictions. I understand that we haven't been able to do some of the things we wanted to do. And as a staff, we joked that Grace Go, Todd, went to Grace Stay, ain't no way. Listen, I get it. I understand that. But church family, listen, no matter what's going on in life, no matter what we face in life, as mature servants of Christ, we must be faithful wherever God has placed us in this life. And without a doubt, God has called us to reach the nations with the gospel. Without a doubt, we're called to take the gospel to every people group. But hear me today. We're also called to take the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to the people right here in East Tennessee. And friends, through Grace Go, God has blessed us with some incredible partnerships right here locally. We're partnering with great organizations that are loving people, serving people, feeding people, and meeting the needs of our community very well. And they would love for you to come and serve with them. They would love for you to come and help them. And out here at the Grace Go Wall, have you seen the Grace Go Wall? Out here at the Grace Go Wall, every week now, our East Tennessee Grace Go team is there. And they'd love to share with you about our ministries. They would love to share with you where you can get involved and serve. In fact, they're going to be out there today to tell you about our ministries and, and show you where you can plug in and serve. You see, we must be faithful. We must serve where God has placed us right here in East Tennessee. But friends, also today, I'm excited to announce to you the launch of our annual Feeding the 5,000 event. Oh, church family, that's what an incredible event. On November the 20th, we're going to be hosting a community-wide event right here on our campus. We're going to invite the community to Grace Baptist Church, and right here in this room, we're going to have a worship service for the community. And we are praying that people are going to be saved, lives are going to be changed. We are praying we're going to do baptisms right here in this room as a part of that service. And then hear me today. Then we're going to be handing out 1,000 Thanksgiving meals that feed at least a family of five people. We call that feeding the 5,000. And listen, Grace family, we need your help. We need you to help us financially. We need you to help us to go out and shop for the non-perishables and bring them back in for the meals. Grace family, we need you to plug in. We need you to sign up and volunteer and serve with us all throughout that week. You see, Grace family, listen, God has given us an incredible opportunity to be mature servants of Christ that are faithful where God has placed us in life, faithful right here in East Tennessee. You see, mature servants of Christ are faithful wherever God sends them. But you know, a second characteristic I see here in the life of Philip is that a mature servant of Christ is fully surrendered to God's plan. Fully surrendered to God's plan. 
You know, if you look at the first eight verses here of Acts chapter number eight, and without a doubt, it had to have been an exciting time for Philip. God was doing incredible things right before his eyes. People are being saved. Lives are being changed. Miracles are happening. Without a doubt, God was doing something special in Samaria. God was doing incredible things right in front of the people, so much so that verse number eight says there was great joy in that city. You know, as I study the first eight verses here of Acts chapter number eight, it looks like to me that Philip's on the verge of pastoring a, a mega church there in Samaria of all places. God's doing miracles, great things are happening, people are coming to Christ. It looks like Philip is on the verge of something amazing. But what we see here today is God had other ideas. God had other plans. Look with me at verse number 26 and 27. It says, now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert, so he arose and he went. The Bible says that an angel of the Lord brings a message to Philip, and Philip finds out that once again, God wants him to change locations. Once again, God wants him to go somewhere else and tell the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, right in the midst of this great movement of God, right in the midst of this incredible ministry, right in the midst of all this fruit that's happening in Samaria, God tells Philip it's time to go somewhere else. And Philip, in full surrender, receives the word of God and he immediately obeys. Listen, even though Philip may not fully understand why God wanted him to leave, even though Philip may not have fully understand why with all the great things that are happening, with all the success God would want to move him, Philip, as a mature servant of Christ, was fully surrendered to the plan of God. You see, friends, we need to remember something today. You know, there are always two sides to faith. You know, faith isn't believing, is, faith isn't believing in what we can't see, right? That's what we talk about all the time. That's Hebrews 11.1. 1. But faith is also believing in spite of what we do see. And what God wants from you and what God wants from me is full surrender. What God wants from you and what God wants from me is to lay down our lives before him and say, God, I surrender. Whatever you want is what I want. See, God wants us to follow him. God wants us to obey him. God wants us to trust him, especially when we don't fully understand his plan. Well, let me illustrate it for you like this. Um, how many of you ever had a hamster for a pet? Anybody ever had a hamster? I mean, these hamsters are fascinating creatures. You know, they, they're in these cages and they run that wheel day after day after day. They run that wheel over and over again, not realizing they're not getting anywhere, right? And, and they run through the cage in these tubes and, and they have a little fascinating life and everything's great, right? Everything's amazing until they get out of the cage. And a hamster ever gets out in your house, it's crisis time, right? Everybody's on high alert as we're looking for this hamster all throughout the house. I mean, could you sleep knowing that there's a hamster alive running through your house, Pastor Mike? Would you be able to sleep at all, brother, if that was happening? <laughs> Anybody ever had that blessing? You ever had to chase a hamster through your house? Anybody ever been there? But can you imagine what that hamster might be thinking? This is how my mind works. Can you imagine what that hamster might be thinking, Pastor Todd, as they're running that wheel day after day after day? You know, can't you imagine a hamster saying, boy, if I could just get that door open, my life would be so much better. 
I wouldn't have to run that wheel day after day after day. I don't know why they won't open that door and let me out. If they would just open that cage door, I could run free through the house. I would be free, 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 and everything would be great. But what that hamster doesn't realize, and what that hamster doesn't see is that big fat cat hiding around the corner. They're saying, yeah, let him out, Greg, and all his life will be so much better. You see, friends, we must remember we serve the one true and living God. The God that created all things, the God that knows all things, the God that's in control of all things. We serve the one true and living God that sees the beginning from the end. We serve the one true and living God that sees and knows everything, and we see about this much of life at a time. And friends, what God wants from you and what he wants from me is total surrender. What God wants from you and from me is for us to follow him, obey him, and trust him, especially when we don't fully understand the plan. I wrote it this way. From our limited perspective, we may not fully understand God's plan. However, God's plan is absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. Friends, I look at the life of Philip here, and even though he may not have understood the plan, even though the plan may not have made sense to him, in full surrender, he obeyed and he went. You see, mature servants of Christ are faithful wherever God sends them. Mature servants of Christ are fully surrendered to God's plan. But finally here this morning, mature servants of Christ are prepared to share their faith. They're prepared to share their faith. Look back with me at Acts chapter 8, verse number 26. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south, along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, had in charge of her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah, and he said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless somebody guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him, and, and the place in Scripture which he was reading was he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before his shear is silent, so he opened up his mouth, and his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who would declare this generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does this prophet say of this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opens his mouth and beginning with this very scripture, preached Jesus to him. I love that. I love that. Philip in full surrender goes exactly where the Lord tells him to go. And he meets an Ethiopian man who is reading the word of God. He's reading from the prophet Isaiah. He's reading prophecy about Jesus Christ. And Philip obeys the Lord and engages this man and says, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, well, how can I unless somebody guides me? How can I unless somebody explains it to me? And I love what Philip does. Philip climbs up onto that chariot and beginning with the very verses of scriptures he's reading, he shares the truth of Jesus Christ with this man. Philip climbs up on that chariot and met this man exactly where he was in his life and shared the good news of Jesus Christ with him. And Grace family, I want you to understand, that's exactly, exactly what our Grace Go team was doing in Senegal, Africa. 
You see, uh, as, as grace go, we've adopted a people group in Africa called the Wolof people group. The Wolof people in Senegal, they're 100% Muslim. They're Muslim peanut farmers in the villages, but there are no Christians there. You know, with the villages we went to, the only Christians that we met were the Christians that were in the van with us. Now think about that. We pull into a, vi a village of thousands of people, and the only Christians are the people that came in the car with you. Wow, wow. And I, we looked at joshuaproject.net, and I think we have that slide. If you look at the Wolof in Senegal, do you see that circle? How many evangelical Christians are there among the Wolof in Senegal? Do you see that? Pastor Todd, I went to school in South Arkansas, but that's 0.0%. These people groups are 100% Muslim, and, and for years these villages had been closed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you say, Pastor Kevin, why would Grace adopt a people group that's entirely Muslim? Why would Grace adopt a people group where, where they had been closed to the gospel for so many years? And friends, hear me. God has called us to take the gospel to every people group around the world. And these people desperately need the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And friends, God is at work among the Wolof and through our partners there, Shad and Amy Wilkerson, God is opening doors, praise God. We were allowed to go into these Muslim villages and host a, an eye care, a medical clinic for the people there in the villages. And Dr. Mislevic called, saw 559 patients in about four days. He was a trooper. I mean, we gave eyeglasses to people and, and eye drops and medicine to them, and, and they were very grateful. They were very excited. And, and if you can imagine this village, everybody's walking around with their new glasses, walking around, having to, they love their glasses. Shad Wilkerson's a veterinarian, our partner there. So we were allowed to do a, a veterinarian clinic for their animals, and people just came running with their goats and their sheep. And I don't know if you've ever worked with goats and sheep, but that was very interesting. Our, our team did a great job. And then they started bringing their horses and their donkeys and, and other animals. And I think they even brought a rabbit, Justine, right? I mean, our Grace School team engaged them and, and met their needs with their animals, right? And at the end of the day, you saw that we did VBS for the kids. And, and we, we had a big bubble machine and had fun with the kids and, and shared Bible stories with them while the adults are listening. And listen, our Grace Code team did an incredible job of loving these people, an incredible job of showing them the love of Jesus Christ in a very real and practical way. But hear me this morning. Through Grace Go, we always, always, always want to make sure we're also being intentional and in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. So even in these Muslim villages, we were sharing the truth of the gospel. Our team went individual by individual, sharing the creation of Christ story sharing their individual testimonies, telling them the truth about Jesus Christ. And let me just share one story with you real quickly. Our partner there, Shad Wilkerson and I, we were walking through the village, and Pastor Frank, we went to the very back of the village, as far as you could go. And there was a man standing out there in, the, in his yard, and we went up and introduced ourselves and talked to him for just a little bit, and he was very nice. And he showed us his garden and introduced us to his family, and then he stopped us. And he wanted to make sure we knew how grateful he was that we had come to the village. He wanted to make sure we knew how grateful he was that we had come to do the medical clinics and the eye care clinic and the vet clinics. And he was very grateful that our people were loving on them. And so we talked for a few minutes and then he made an incredible statement. He says, you know, God is pleased when we do things for other people 
and not for ourselves. And oh, friends, hear me, that was the open door. We took that very statement and we began to share the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ with him. And let me tell you, he was very interested in Christ. And, and we said, hey, can we give you a Bible in your language? This is unheard of in a Muslim village. Can we give you a Bible in your language? He said, I would like to have a Bible. I'd like to read the Quran and the Bible side by side so I can learn more about this Jesus. And then, friends, oh, hear me today. He said he was even willing to read the Bible every week with our church planner to learn more about Jesus Christ. Wow. Wow. And as we left, our church planner told us that he is the first man ever in this village to ever show this level of interest in Jesus Christ. And friends, I ask you to pray for this man. I ask you to pray for him because God is up to something special there. How incredible would it be if this is the first man ever to come to faith in Jesus Christ in that village? How incredible would it be if this man ends up being the first pastor of a church plant there in that village? Oh, friends, hear me. Just like Philip, we met this man exactly where he was, and we shared the good news of Jesus Christ with him. But friends, I want you to remember something. Here's where I wrote it. As Christians, we're not responsible for the results. We are responsible to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And friends, I ask you to pray for Shad and Amy Wilkerson. I ask you to pray for the Wolof people group. God is doing something special, and I just pray very soon people are going to be saved, lives are going to be changed, and we're going to stand up here and say only God could have done that. Friends, I look at this story in here in Acts chapter number 8. Philip jumps up here on that chariot, and he leads this man to faith in Jesus Christ. And then the man says, hey, why can't I be baptized? And then Philip stops the chariot, and they go down to the water, and Philip baptizes this man. They go down to the water, and scripturally baptize him by immersion. And friends, we need to realize today and understand as a believer in Christ, the first step of obedience, the first act of obedience is to be baptized. And the Bible says that this man was saved, he was baptized, and he went on his way rejoicing. Don't you love that? People are being saved, lives are being changed. You see, mature servants of Christ are faithful wherever God sends them. Mature servants of Christ are fully surrendered to God's plan, and mature servants of Christ are prepared to share their faith. And oh, Grace family, let me ask you today, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you truly know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Has there been in a time in your life where you repented of your sin and you trusted Christ? Hear the gospel today. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the Bible says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of that sin is death. You see, all we deserve when we die is to spend an eternity separated from God in a place of punishment the Bible calls hell. But I have good news for you today. The Bible says in Romans 5.8 that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, because God loves you so much, he sent his son Jesus Christ from heaven to earth. And Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem, and he grew up, and he walked, and he talked, and he ate, and he slept, just like you and just like me. And Jesus Christ went from village to village loving on people and healing people and telling them the truth about the kingdom of God. 
And even though Jesus Christ was taken to the desert by the devil and tried and tempted in every way, Jesus Christ never, ever sinned. He was pure and perfect in every way. And because he loved you so much, he took all of your sin upon himself. He took all of my sin, all of my guilt, all of my shame upon himself, and he died on the cross for our sins. Jesus died in our place. He took our punishment for us. But Jesus did not stay dead. They buried him in a tomb in three days, just as he said he would. He came back to life, conquering sin, conquering death, so that everyone who believes in him, everyone who trusts in him, can be forgiven. Everyone who believes in him, everyone who trusts in him, can be saved by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Friends, there's one way and one way only to be forgiven, one way and one way only to be saved, and that's by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. Friends, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, I pray today would be the greatest day of your life. I pray today would be the day of salvation. Well, friends, in just a moment, I'm going to pray and we're going to stand and we're going to sing and we're going to have a time of invitation. Our pastors will be down front here. Our counselors will be down front here. And it's a time for you to respond. And if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I pray today would be the day of salvation. Maybe you're here and you haven't been baptized and you say, Pastor Kevin, I know Christ, but I need to take that first step of obedience. Friends, I pray you would do that today. Please don't leave here without getting your life right with Christ. Stand with me, Grace family, and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, what an honor it is to study your word. What an honor it is to study your truth. God, I thank you for an example like Philip, a man that had a mature heart, a servant's heart for you. But God, I pray you would help us to be that. And God, I pray if there's anybody here at the sound of my voice that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I pray right now, today would be the day of salvation for them. God, we love you. We praise your name. For it's in the perfect name of Jesus we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen.